Hi, welcome to Ask a Pastor. Uh, if you have questions, uh, please send them to Orchard Hill Church at askapastor.com. We'd be happy to interact with them in the future. Uh, this has been a time uh, that so many of you have just sent notes or made comments uh, saying that you've appreciated just hearing these kind of off-the-cuff conversations around different issues, questions that you've had. And uh, thanks for so many questions. So again, if you have a question, send it to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com and we will address it in the days ahead. I'm joined by Emily D'Angelo. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Emily uh, is one of our leaders of women's ministry at Orchard Hill in Wexford. She also uh, works with some of our Life Stage ministry and has just done a great job uh, engaging women, leading women forward here at the church. So, uh, so glad to have you join us here today. Thank you. And uh, let's begin with a question that somebody submitted. And uh, the question is, does premarital pregnancy supersede 2 Corinthians 6.14? about being unequally yoked. And uh, for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with the idea of being equally yoked, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, do not be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. So many Christians over the years have said that that is an injunction against a believer marrying somebody who's not a believer, that that is a clear statement because what could be more of a yoke or more of a bond than marriage. Some have used it also to talk about business and some other partnerships as well. But, but here the question is, uh, basically, if somebody is pregnant and it's happened with somebody who's not a believer, uh, does that then um, supersede saying, hey, we could make a family here, uh, this injunction? So Emily. Thanks uh, for explaining that. Yes, uh, what, what would be your, your response if somebody asked you that question? Well, first of all, I would um, clearly state my opinion that um, a child created was no mistake, mm. that it's created in the image of God for a purpose, and then it's life to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. And this can be a very complicated situation, as we well know, but I don't think that just because a life has been created that a marriage has to occur. Mm -hmm. I think that biblical marriage is uh, a union between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. It's a sacred um, union, it's a covenant, and it's intended by God to be a commitment for a lifetime. In fact, in Ephesians 5, we read that it's a sacred mystery. He describes mm -hmm. it as a sacred mystery. And the intention of biblical marriage is to give the world a picture, a vivid picture of the relationship between Jesus Christ and his church. He calls the church mm -hmm. his bride. And so it's not um, a, a step to take very lightly. And I think that we're making an assumption that the person who sent in this question is the believing person. Mm -hmm. And so I think she has a responsibility because of this unplanned um, <coughs> pregnancy to seek some wise counsel. And I would encourage this person to ask the father of the child to join her in marriage counseling, Christian mm -hmm. marriage, pre-marriage counseling. And I believe we offer that here at Orchard Hill Church. Mm -hmm. And I think I would, I would advise that because my hope, um, the best case scenario, is that they would come to a unity of faith, a, 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 something that they would share. Um, faith in Christ, because that is the very best way to start a marriage. Mm -hmm. Marriage is difficult, even among people who've been walking with the Lord for many, many years. I can attest to that. But I think it's even more problematic when one person is seeking to know Christ and the other person has another um, faith in another God or another religion or even chooses to mm -hmm. not embrace faith at all. And it becomes problematic when kids enter the picture. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. would be my advice. Yeah, that, it's, it's a great question because it's, that is the kind of question that 
that gets to the heart of several issues. Um, yeah, I appreciate what you said about um, first affirming there's, there, there's not a mistake it, it, that we want to say, oh, this is somehow, but like I wouldn't love if somebody said, oh, uh, don't make a second mistake because of a first mistake. Right. I, yeah, it was unplanned, but, but a child's not, never a mistake. Mm -hmm. In God's sovereignty, even if it was conceived in a way that was um, outside of God's design, um, now it's God's gift to be celebrated and embraced. Mm -hmm. um, what, what I would say in that instance is, is as much as I would love to say, yes, I honor the desire to say we want to have a family where the father and the mother are both present, rarely is disobeying a direct command of God a good idea, even if it's for a noble motive. Mm. And, uh, and I say rarely, um, I should probably say never, but I say rarely because um, they, there may at some time be some nuance where you might say, okay, um, you know, the old adage, if, you know, somebody puts a gun to somebody's head and says, you know, something, and if you don't lie or something, they might be shot on the spot. I, you know, I don't know. But even right. there, I might say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but, but my point is, in this, I think, um, the heartache and challenges that generally lie ahead when you're not united spiritually are substantial. Mm -hmm. And... And to enter marriage saying this person's going to be one of the greatest influences on my child who, who doesn't believe, um, mm -hmm. that's a challenge. Now, a lot of times when people ask this, what they're, what, what's, what's happening is they may be struggling with their own belief. That's why they got here. And then they're saying, you know, we're both kind of here, but I technically believe they don't. That might be a slightly different scenario. But, but again, when you're talking about somebody who says, I have strong belief, I got involved, got carried away, ended up with this situation and this person doesn't, I'd be very leery of saying, um, well, now that I have a baby, I must. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, again, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a place where what in theory should be the most important thing for you, mm -hmm. your faith relationship with Jesus Christ is not shared at a heart level with somebody that you're entering your whole life with. Um, that will lead to a lot of challenges and probably is why that injunction mm -hmm. is there. So. And I would also say that societal norms shouldn't be more important to us mm -hmm. as followers of Christ than biblical mandates or suggestions or mm -hmm. instruction or, you know, what we want to follow. God makes it clear in his word that Christ has come so that we can have abundant life and have mm -hmm. it to the fullest. And then when we f follow his ways, our life, it's not always easy, but it's abundant yeah. and it's full of his presence with us. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, well put. Uh, here's a question, and uh, this question is, uh, what is the biblical perspective on Reiki? So why don't you uh, tell we us a little bit about it. what Reiki is for those who maybe aren't familiar, All right. and then uh, tell us what you uh, would see as the biblical understanding. Okay, so I had to do a little research on Reiki, and there are multiple schools of thought mm -hmm. on what this is. So some would say that it is simply... Um, uh, a wellness de-stressor um, practice that people engage in to make themselves feel good, much like massage, hands-off massage, or ultrasound therapy that a chiropractor might uh, engage with. Mm -hmm. That's one extreme. Others would say that it is a spiritual healing that engages this universal life force 
which is kind of the, the Japanese root of the word Reiki. The word is this um, energy, this life force that all mm -hmm. living things have. And that the practitioner engages this life force to provide healing for someone. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then there's a, no, a third school of thought on this, which makes it a very confusing subject, because some Christians have embraced Reiki, and they cite scriptures of hands-on healing mm -hmm. and count that as being Reiki. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask myself the question, who do we believe is the healer? And who are we as Christ followers calling on to heal um, reduce our stress and heal our broken bodies because disease exists and that people have chronic pain and so what do we do about that so that's the question I would ask and I would like to know what you think <laughs> about this but hey, I, will, I could ask the question I too. know no, I'm just kidding <laughs> but I will say that anything that is messing with um, the spiritual realm we mm -hmm. should be cautious with, yeah. especially when there is a, another person, a practitioner involved, because um, we don't know for sure who they are calling on for healing. Mm -hmm. And if I am a Christ follower and I claim that the only one who can heal me spiritually, mentally, physically is Christ and his work in my life through salvation in him, then I don't want to invite anything else in. I think that yeah. that's a dangerous practice. Yeah. Um, I like to, th I do think about Christ as my healer and, and I, I love the story of when Christ goes in and just touches Peter's mother mm -hmm. and she not only is healed, but she gets up and serves the, her household. That shows me um, a supernatural healing that I can believe in and that I can trust in and I don't have a need to, to call on anything right. other than that. I know that some people don't like to go the pharmaceutical route for mm -hmm. healing, and I know that that's prevalent in our culture today. Yep. So I would recommend maybe to this person, if she came to me, I would say, well, how about homopathy or some, you know, some an, another holistic approach to healing that doesn't call on spiritual forces yeah. for that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's well put, thank you. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with what you said. I would probably state it even a smudge stronger okay. for me in that I would say, um, and I freely admit I don't fully understand Reiki. I've not experienced it, anything like that. But as I understand it, it's, it's calling on a life force and it has its roots in Eastern mysticism, which I think uh, really does put that in a different category than, than some kind of homeopathic medicine or healing because you are, you are trying to call divine things mm -hmm. into being on your body in a way that, that is not tied to Christianity. Uh, so I would see that as problematic, mm -hmm. I, and I would, my counsel would be to say I would avoid that as a Christian person. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if somebody claims that it's a Christian version of Reiki, I would say that's an oxymoron. There, mm -hmm. there is no such thing. If somebody wants to put their hands on you and heal you in the name of Jesus' power, great. Let them do that, pray for it, ask God to heal you. Mm -hmm. But to do it in the name of, uh, of something that is anti-Christian, right. uh, in a sense, and I, I'm sure people who are proponents of Reiki would say it's not anti-Christian, but, but anti in the sense that it's, that it's, that it's not uh, under the umbrella and stands in opposition to it in terms of how somebody relates to the creator of the universe. That's mm -hmm. what I mean when I say anti. 
I think anytime we, we put ourselves into that place, that that's problematic. And, and I would say the same thing about something like I would say to a, to a person who says I'm a person of faith, you know, can I go and learn good teachings from, you know, a, a Mormon church or a, a mosque? I would mm -hmm. say if you're a Christian, you shouldn't probably go to those places uh, right. because you're putting yourself in a spiritual place that, that is, is at odds with the core message of Christianity. That's not to say there aren't beneficial things, but that's right. to say it's just not a wise place to put yourself on a whole. And, uh, and I know as people uh, will testify about this, what they'll say is, well, it's helped me. Therefore, it has to be okay. And, and one of my concerns, I would say, for people in the broader church today is, is we've, we've elevated what works often over what's true, meaning hmm. what we'll do is we'll say, well, if this works, it must be okay. Um, now, you know, I don't know what works or doesn't work about it, but often we can be, find some, some, something that works but we need to be more discerning. And, and I would mm -hmm. use from a biblical standpoint, I think it's uh, 1 Samuel 15 that talks about the sin of divination. Mm -hmm. And what divination is, is anytime we try to, to divine or pull in something that is a spiritual world um, that isn't tied to Jesus or to our Christian faith, that's divination. And so I would say mm -hmm. this fits under that concept of divination or and that's, spiritism it, i found in leviticus 18 and deuteronomy it, 20 it's kind of that same thing exactly it's just warned against for sure exactly like like stay away from that and so that's why i say i'd probably say say if you're a christian person i'd probably avoid that um as as something just to say i don't want to put myself in that mm -hmm. place right. um so, so what yeah. i would recommend is for to reduce stress is to put our mind on the things of God, to mm. meditate on those scriptures. For mm -hmm. me personally, to read God's word and then go for a power walk or a run, mm -hmm. it clears my mind. It you know stretches my body and works my body, and it's it's yeah. physically healing to do yeah. that. Well, and I think one of the appeals of Reiki is that it understands something that is very true, and that is that we are integrated body, soul, mm -hmm. and spirit, mm -hmm. and that and that if our body is right it helps us spiritually if our spirit's right it helps us physically um that that we're integrated mm -hmm. and and that's it does tap into that idea and so i think you're right. right to say don't negate in your spiritual quest um physical calmness uh, dealing mm -hmm. with anxiety dealing with uh you know whatever those things are but i would again yeah try to deal with them in a different different approach thanks for making that so, easy for me yeah i don't know if i made it easy <laughs> for you but uh all right um here's here's another question uh what can i do when i don't want what it appears god wants and so i assume this question is really somebody saying okay god you know has revealed something whether it be reiki or you know <laughs> um don't get uh married to an unbeliever but mm -hmm. i want this Mm -hmm. uh, what is it that I do then, uh, or how can I respond when I say I mm -hmm. want something and it's, it, it doesn't appear to line up? So my first response and my advice to anyone is pray for a changed heart. Mm. To seek the Lord in his word, with his people, and in prayer for what he wants for me. I, I see a picture of Jesus doing this in the olive grove. The night that he was betrayed and then arrested, he struggled with God. He knew God's ultimate will god the father wanted him to die on the cross for the sins of mankind and as even though jesus was fully 
God in that moment, he was fully man, and he had to struggle with accepting God's will in that, and he struggled in prayer, struggled so much that he <coughs> sweat blood. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think of that when I'm struggling with accepting what I feel that God is leading me to do. And so personally, an experience we had about a year ago, we mm. thought that we were going to be living in Carlisle, Pennsylvania mm. for the rest of our lives because we'd been there for 21 years. But we were in prayer and asking God, where do you want Mm. us to go? Because we were without a job. And he made it clear that we were to move to Pittsburgh. And even when he made it clear through providing a job, through biblical instruction, clearly again and again, you go where I lead you. You've asked, I've provided, you've sought me Mm -hmm. out. We have opened the door for you. Um, We still didn't want to do it, Mm -hmm. Kurt. You know, we really struggled with obeying God's plan for our lives. So what do we do? We continued to pray and continued to just trust him. And he changed our hearts in Mm. the process. And Mm -hmm. here we are a year later and we can already see, and we don't always get to see God's hand in his plan, but we already see how he's brought us to a better place for our family. Yeah. I'm thankful to be here. I always think of um, C.S. Lewis, his quote Mm. on prayer. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read it so I don't get it wrong because I think it's worth saying. I pray because I can't help myself. Hmm. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because I need, the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. Have you ever woken up in the middle hmm. of the night and you're just praying? Mm-hmm. And then he says, I, it doesn't change God, it changes me. Mm-hmm. And that's been my experience. And that would be my advice to the asker of this question. Pray yeah. for a changed heart. Yeah. And the scriptures will tell us if it's in line with his will. God is not going to ask us to practice Reiki if it's not in line with the scripture. Mm -hmm. He's not going to ask us to marry an unbeliever if it's Mm -hmm. not clearly in his word. He's not going to ask us to jump off a bridge in Pittsburgh. (laughs) He he asks what's in line with his character. Yeah, yeah, I I appreciate that. I, I would add to that. I think that's great to say, let me pray. Let me ask God to change my heart. Sometimes even after doing that, our heart may not change right away. And Mm -hmm. so I would add, obey, Mm. even when you don't want to, because what that is saying is I'm bending my knee to God. Hmm. And so if I have become convinced that the scriptures teach something and it, and it's counter to what I think I want, then I'm going to bend my knee to the scriptures. And, and I've, I've referenced this in different ways over the years, but you know, when I was 16, 17, I couldn't understand why why the Bible would reserve sex for marriage. Um, now that I'm a little older, I've lived a little more, I can understand that mm-hmm. and it makes sense. But at that age, it didn't. And it was, you know, the only way at that point you, you say, okay, not the only way you can say, God, give me a different heart. But sometimes you just say, okay, I don't get it. I'm going to bend my knee because I trust that you understand something better. Right. And, and I think uh, one of the things that happens in Christian circles, faith circles today, is that people will often feel like if I don't feel something, then it isn't real or I'm being inauthentic. In other mm-hmm. words, if I act in a way that, that says, well, I don't feel like doing this, but I'm doing this because it's right, then it's inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people will say that about things, you know, Bible reading, mm-hmm. uh, you know, staying married, uh, tithing, anything mm-hmm. you want to talk about. And, and what I would push back on is to say that, that our way of being mature in this world in general, apart from faith, is often doing what we want to want to do. And, and I think probably the best example of that 
is something as simple as going to work. Um, mm. Very few people wake up every day saying, I can't wait to go to work. Um, I mean, I love what I do, but there are days where it's like, I don't want to go to work. I go to work. Why do I go to work? Well, I go to work because I want the reality of having a job. I want the reality of income. I want to provide mm -hmm. for my family. So going to work when I don't feel like it is actually mature and acting on a higher level of want mm. than the I want to roll over and go to sleep or I want to go walk in the park or I want to go play rather than go to work. And, and we get it in other arenas. We get it mm -hmm. physically, like we understand that, you know, I can't eat chocolate cake every time I want to eat chocolate cake. Um, sometimes I need to say no in order to, to have a higher want. And I'm not being inauthentic when I say no to chocolate cake or mm -hmm. if I go to work. But somehow when it comes to the spiritual realm, people feel like, oh, if I, if I say no to a desire, then I'm being inauthentic to myself. Instead mm -hmm. of being able to say, if God has revealed himself, if God is who he claimed to be, then I'm actually acting in accordance with where my greatest joy will be mm -hmm. and where my greatest honoring of who God is will be. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes even more in that moment. So sometimes, so sometimes doing something that's against your desire uh, for a season. And mm -hmm. I agree. We want to pray and say, God, would you change my heart? So I'm not just sludging through life, mm -hmm. but sometimes that's being really, um, more honoring, more mature mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to act against what I feel like today. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that would be my, my encouragement on that. So, so what other thoughts do you have on that or any other? I don't, I think you stated that well. Well, good. Absolutely. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, joining us here today. And again, if you have uh, questions, uh, please feel free to send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com, and we'll be happy to address them on a future uh, episode of Ask a Pastor.